Welcome back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Hey, Ram fans, I hope you all enjoyed a relaxing morning of football, watching our Rams thump the Indianapolis Colts. That was the first half, actually. Things got really crazy in the second half, but the Rams sneak out with a 29-23 overtime win at Indianapolis, a game that they probably should have won going away by perhaps a two-touchdown margin, but give the Colts credit, they made it really interesting, way too interesting for my liking. I was just sitting there planning out my podcast early in the third quarter. This is going to be a lot of fun. Well, it got a little bit dicey, and holy moly, (laughs) I was just happy to see the Rams come out with a win. I don't know how they got there, but they did. The Rams dominated the first half of this game. They led 20 to nothing, took a 23 to nothing lead early in the third quarter, and then they went into a little bit of a shell, as you might expect, got a little conservative. Then they surrendered a four-play 75-yard drive, capped by a two-point conversion. So the Colts make it a little bit interesting. We're starting to do the math in our head. 23 to 8. Okay, we're okay. Then a six-play 62-yard drive. To close it to 23 to 15. They just kicked the extra point on that touchdown. And then they tied it up inside the two-minute warning. And the two-point conversion, of course, was was uh, what got them there after the touchdown. In between, there was a Brett Maher missed field goal, a 51-yarder. But still, man, if he makes that game, would pro- that probably would have gone a long way to salting this win away. You know what, we could talk for two hours about this game. There was just so much going on. Just going to capture the important stuff here. Check out the podcast for a lot more content. I have a couple more segments tacked on to this at the end. If you're listening on the podcast, keep on listening. Man, this was a fun game, a great game. Just a little too stressful for my liking. As far as the first half, this is what a Rams team can do if you play with a balanced offense, get a little lady luck going in your favor for once, and you don't make any gigantic costly mistakes. I give you Puka's tipped ball. What happens? Previous weeks, it probably would have been intercepted. This week, turns it into a 26-yard gain. Anthony Richardson fumbles. We recover. Kyron Williams fumbles. The Rams recover. And the Colts commit two costly personal foul penalties that help the Rams get on the scoreboard. But you got to give the Rams credit. Even with the little gifts they were getting, they put together a 9-play 75-yard drive, a 10-play 94-yard drive, and then the two field goals. 272 total yards at halftime. Seven yards per play, not too shabby. 17 first downs. Kyron had 76 yards rushing at halftime. Puka had 98 yards receiving. Now, production fell off in the second half, and that might have a little bit, and 
Now, production fell off in the second half, no doubt about it. Rams got a little bit conservative, and I know some fans, I'm already hearing from a couple of them, had a real problem with that, but it might have had a little bit to do with Matthew Stafford's hip. Rams uh, figuring that, you know, our defense has held up pretty good so far. Let's just not make any costly mistakes. Make them drive the field. Give the Colts credit. That's exactly what they did. And they had that play to Alec Pierce with the penalty tacked on that kind of mirrored how the Rams got down for their first touchdown. It might have been their second touchdown when Puka had the big catch and was fouled as well. So it kind of evened out in the second half, and you got to give the Colts credit. I don't think the Rams were necessarily playing bad. They were limited by their quarterback and his hip injury. And playing in a hostile environment, you lose the momentum. It's really hard to get it back. But they did when they had to. That last possession, I was thinking to myself, let's just do what we did in the first quarter. We know we can move the ball on these guys. We know we can put the ball in the end zone. And that's exactly what we did. So give them credit. Don't be calling out the negatives. Celebrate the win. The Rams get to 2-2. Two and two, And that is a very big deal when you look at our schedule. Final stats for the team, Matthew Stafford, 27 for 40, 319 yards, one TD and one interception. It seems like he had more, more yardage than that, but he did have a spell there in the, late in the third, early in the fourth, where the Rams couldn't get anything done. Kyren, Kyren Williams broke the 100 mark, 25 for 103 for two TDs, and Puka Nakua, oh, wow. Nine catches, 163 yards, and one TD. Finally gets his first TD. And man, it was so cool watching his teammates celebrate that catch. You can tell he is a very popular player in that Rams locker room. Rams got a gem when they drafted Puka Nakua. I'll hand out some kudos aside from the obvious, Puka, Kyron Williams. How about Ronnie Rivers pitching in? And I had called that out. You, I have the receipt. If Sean McVay isn't willing to run the ball 25 times with Kyron Williams, we'll divvy it up. Give Ronnie, William, give Ronnie Rivers some carries. I think I said, hey, give Kyron 15 and Ronnie 8, something like that. Ronnie Rivers, nine carries for 47 yards. And he was very productive. Hit the holes quickly, very quick, and he was also good in pass protection. And how about our offensive line? Played very well. People were all over our offensive line too soon, too quick, one bad game. This offensive line had played well going into the Bengal game, and they played well in this one. Hats off to our offensive line. By the way, that was Joseph Nopum at left tackle. Kevin Dotson at right guard. Poor Tremaine Ankrum. We'll talk about that in another segment. Stafford out there hobbling around, making plays at the end. You know, I'm kind of torn on this. On the one hand, the Rams still aren't comfortable with going to their number two quarterback. It's still a problem that has persisted, obviously, because he didn't look like he should be out there. I almost thought maybe he's faking it. (laughs) Is he sandbagging here? And he's going to light up the Colts. I don't think that was the case, obviously. But give him credit. Stafford is a gunslinger and one tough dude. So happy he's on our team. I like quarterbacks like this that stand in the pocket and try to make plays. 
Matthew Stafford, he's my guy. And Van Jefferson showing up a little bit. Give him credit. And overall, except for those two drives, defense played reasonably well. They're dealing with a different kind of beast here. Anthony Richardson, really tough dealing with a guy like him, especially a young guy. You don't know all that he brings to the table quite yet. But Richardson was a little bit inaccurate early in the game. And uh, that may have been the difference. That really helped the Rams stretch that lead early on. So where does that leave the Rams? It leaves them 2-2. Two and two. We wanted them to get to 2-3 and three after five games, this early season gauntlet where they played three teams that played in AFC Conference Championships last year, a fourth team, the Seahawks, that was a playoff team, and the Colts. They beat the Seahawks. They beat the Colts. They had to beat those two teams, and they did. And now they go home to play a Philadelphia Eagles team that I think, you know, Obviously, the Eagles are going to be favored. I think the Rams have a shot here, though. They're playing so well. Cooper Cup should be back. Eagles, have fun figuring that out. What is Sean McVay going to draw up with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams and Tutu Atwell? Mix in a little bit of Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby. Have fun with that. This Rams offense is a serious problem for defenses to deal with moving forward. I'm convinced that that's all for here right now on the podcast. We'll get into a couple more segments, so please check that out. Rams moved to 2-2 two and two with a big overtime win over the Colts. Stressful, stressful, stressful game, but man, in the end, let's celebrate it. Rams are 2-2 two and two and hey, we may just have to do a path to the playoff segment sometime this week. How about that? Out here from Rams Up, of course, on the podcast, check out the upcoming segments. Good stuff. Let's review some information from my preview from this game. What was my prediction? 24 to 16. And there was a moment there I thought I was going to nail it pretty good. Rams were up 23 to 8. I figured the Colts get a late TD, go for two, make it 23-16. And the Rams get out with a win. One point off my prediction. What were my fearsome four keys to the game? Well, number one, finish in the red zone, Sean. And, and we did. Our first two drives ended in touchdowns. So that was a nice change. And we ran the ball down there a little bit as well. Number two, force some rookie mistakes by this quarterback. And, you know, he had some errant throws and he had the fumble. Didn't make any really egregious errors, though. But the Rams did enough to harass him, hurt them on the ground more than through the air. He did end up with 200 yards after I think he had only 48 in the first half, something like that. Rams overall did a decent job on the rookie. Number three, how about some balance on offense? Well, we saw that, especially in the early going. Stafford threw 40 passes. Williams and Rivers combined for 34 runs. So that's not bad. Much better than last week, that's for sure. And number four, Raynan, Zach Moss. I didn't see this wide receiver group as a big threat. They're talented, but not the scariest group in the league, that's for sure. And they did a good job on Moss in the first half. Five rushes for 10 yards, but he amped it up in the second half. There was that one drive, if I am not mistaken... Rams basically had a second unit out there, Laurel Murchison, Bobby Brown, Mr. Irrelevant Deshaun Johnson, and they just marched right down the field. Moss finished with 18 rushes for 70 yards, so do the math there, 13 rushes for 60 yards in the second half. Didn't totally go off on the Rams, but 
he had a really good second half of work against this Rams defense. What were my fearsome four big plays of the game? You know, I'm going to focus on the Rams here, what the Rams did to win this game. I really have trouble narrowing it down to four, actually. I came up with six, so we're going to deviate from the plan a little bit this week. I have my fearsome six big plays of the game, so we'll go with the fearsome foursome. Plus, hey, how about Jack Youngblood and Aaron Donald, the fearsome six big plays of the game. On the Rams' first possession, that hit on Stafford that kept the drive alive and ended it with a Rams TD, that was a big mistake by that Colt defender. Not sure if the Rams were going to go for it there. Maybe they would have, but that gave the Rams new life. Same drive, third and four, Stafford hits Puka down to the three. Second possession, a 26-yard pass to Puka and tack on another 15 for that hit on a defenseless receiver. I mentioned this earlier. I wasn't sure which drive it was, so it was definitely the second drive. That also ended with a Rams TD. On that same drive, a fourth and two conversion to Van Jefferson on the sideline. And don't overlook the Rams recovering their own fumble by Kyren deep in Rams territory. That had the potential to really turn the tide in the Colts' favor in a game the Rams had all the momentum and were really having their way with the Colts' defense, really. And what was the fearsome biggest play of the game? How about that touchdown? The catch by Puka around the five, I think it was, plows his way into the end zone. The dynamic rookie out of BYU piling up the catches in the yardage. He finally gets his first TD, and man, the celebration began. Great play by Stafford, a wounded Stafford, mind you, and Puka Nakua. Have we found a great receiver or what? Hats off to Les Snead for finding Puka Nakua and drafting him. Man, this guy is a future pro bowler. Hey, you know what? He could be a pro bowler this year. Some additional notes on this game. The inactives were Zach Evans, Zach Thomas, quickly demoted, Elyric Jackson, and Ernest Brown the fourth. The Colts, by the way, had to start a rookie left tackle, Break Freeland, and he had played right tackle in college, so we expected this to be a bit of a weak spot on that offensive line, but he actually played pretty well, a college teammate of Puka Nakua, apparently. And hey, here's a suggestion for the Rams special teams. Can we just start fair catching punts? You know what, never mind, we're probably still going to get called for holding or running out of bounds or doing something silly. You know, this is a cultural problem with the Rams. It goes all the way back to the Tavon Austin days. Every time the Rams return a punt, if something good appears to have happened, you're just looking for the yellow flag, and you're usually not disappointed. It happened to us twice in this game and set us back significantly. Man, our return game has not been good. And I had to comment on Tremaine Ankrum. Poor guy. He apparently had earned the starting right guard job. I remember telling my Clemson alumni buddy that, hey, he's won the job. Not only has he not won the job, he's not the first backup and he's not the second backup. Poor Tremaine Ankrum. You know, he'll get his chances eventually, but has to be really disappointed for him. And he is a high character guy. I was really pulling for him. And if you're wondering about those 29 points, it adds up to 129 push-ups. I assume you're all with me on this. I was stuck on 100 for quite a while, though. Over an hour gave me some time to rest up, but 129 push-ups feeling kind of good right now. Hand out some additional player props, some that maybe we might have missed. 
Ethan Evans on those kickoffs. I mean, no one's going to be returning kickoffs against us this season, apparently, and I'm okay with that. Although he did leave that one short. I forget what game it was. It was kind of odd. All of a sudden, it dropped one on the 10-yard line. I think Michael Hoyt, who has been struggling, had a slightly better game. I'll have to get some feedback from some of my expert analyst sidekicks on that. And Byron Young and Kobe Turner both appear to be playing well. Byron Young, I am told, was out of position on a couple of plays, but he's bringing the heat, as is Kobe Turner. These two guys playing solid football. You know, remember, they're just four games into their NFL career. And if you're wondering, Sean McVay gave game balls to Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, and you guessed it, Puka Nakua. And I think Puka Nakua is officially a phenomenon. I think he has a potential to win over a lot of new fans for the Rams. Just the way he carries himself. There's something kind of special about him. He's got that it factor. And hey, he's also an incredible wide receiver, Puka Nakua. Yet another great receiver in the long line of great Ram receivers. Man, it's just incredible how many guys the Rams have had that have excelled at that position. We got two on our roster right now, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Wrap things up here talking about the refing and the announcing. Now, this game was just too wild and too intense. Kind of anticlimactic to talk about the refing, but I will say they had a busy day overturning calls, personal fouls. Yeah, they missed a couple maybe, but the one that I know they missed is that hold on Higby. That was kind of obvious. Overall, though, not a bad day at the office for the refs. The announcers, well, apparently Mark Sanchez is on vacation. We get Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma. Hey, they're okay. I don't really have a strong opinion on them. I did, however, enjoy the Gus Bradley, Sean McVay paperclip story from back in their Tampa Bay Buccaneer days together. We're going to come back with a Rams rehash, and there's going to be a lot of stuff to cover. I know I've missed a lot of stuff on this segment, on this episode. So much going on. I got six pages of notes. I started stressing at the end there. Probably wasn't documenting everything like I should have for a typical podcast. I'm going to go through these notes and Hammer home some additional details and content in the next couple of days. That'll be on our Rams Rehash episode. Check that out. And we'll start gearing up for this clash with the Philadelphia Eagles. Can the Rams figure out a way to steal a win at home against another conference championship participant, the Philadelphia Eagles, who, remember, went on to the Super Bowl? This is a darn good football team. I think the Rams can hang with them, though. We'll talk a lot more about that over the next few days. Out here from Rams Up, Rams are 2-2, two and two, coming home. Pretty good road trip, a loss at Cincinnati, a win at Indianapolis. They've played three of their four games on the road. They've played three playoff teams, and they're right there in the thick of things. Those people that were calling this a bad football team may have another thing coming, like where this Rams team is pointed. Out here from now, from Rams Up. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.